Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Josh Elliott, the head of operations at Modsy. Good to have you on. Thank you very much for having me, Tom. So your thesis, uh, the premise of the company is the idea of taking AI algorithms that are developed in the lab and scaling them into applications. Tell us how that works. What, what are the main challenges in that? Yeah, I, I, thank you, Tom, for that question. Um, first, I think, I think it's important to recognize that there's really a lot of great AI experimentation happening inside labs today. But having said that, I think there are, are about three main challenges in getting AI out of the lab and into production environments. The first is the, the real world is messy. It presents dynamic problem sets and use cases, as well as you know, rigid architectures and inconsistent or even constrained IT and networking environments. And those are all very difficult to simulate in a lab environment. The second is we're seeing studies that claim only a lucky 47% of those AI experiments actually make it into production applications. That number is so low for a variety of reasons, but typically it's because you know, data scientists aren't systems engineers or software developers, and they don't have the skills or expertise to design models that you know, may be practical or actually will scale in a production environment. And then vice versa, software developers or engineers rarely have the machine learning background or expertise to design applications around some of the principles that are important to data scientists, like transparency, explainability, accountability, and whatnot. And in addition to that skill gap, I think many organizations don't have or aren't yet have the processes, tools, or technologies in place to really iterate and deploy these new AI capabilities quickly in their organizations. And they're having to create or even recreate this process for every single model. And we're seeing this on average take anywhere between five and nine months just to deploy a single model. So now let's say you've successfully built a production application that's enabled by AI. You know, the third biggest challenge is how do you govern it? How do you secure it? Especially given the unique security vulnerabilities that you know, AI models are now presenting. And how do you trust those model predictions in using open source or commercial models? So building in model security or adversarial protections after the fact is, is a non-starter, especially you know, for critical or highly regulated industries and missions. You know, organizations are, are really ignoring these challenges for now, but I think with the growing appetite for processing AI models at the edge and in the enterprise, these types of things, security and IP protections, you know, they just can't be an afterthought. So what this all implies is that this is really a group effort that takes a lot of disciplines working together that complement one another so that you can get past that 40% success rate if everybody is playing a role and they're all doing it at the same time. Yeah, no, absolutely. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of pieces and parts that need to come into play, but I think in terms of the, the ecosystem of tools and, and expertise and, and the fact that the skill gap is, is, is decreasing. I think, I think they're able to successfully put together, either through integrations of different technologies, the capabilities and the processes to really govern that entire life cycle. And for regular compiled runtime software applications, you can pretty much tell soon whether they work or not or where the bugs might be that cause stumbles. But artificial intelligence algorithms by nature are constantly changing. And so how do you, what are the processes that you apply to make sure that the results that they're putting out are what you want that are supportable and in some sense repeatable, even as they do morph over time? 
Yeah, this is this is such an important topic, Tom, because you know model trustworthiness is is crucial for widespread adoption of these technologies, machine learning and artificial intelligence. And if you think about it, if I run the same model twice against the same data and get different results, you know, how can I trust that model? And if that same result can't be reproduced by someone else doing the same thing in a different environment, that the credibility is, is now in question. So, you know, what, what does this mean for, for machine learning models? I think at the end of the day, it's all about driving towards standardization and increased model transparency. And that's what we're starting to see in the flavor of model ops. And first, I think it's important that, you know, we, the executives, technical experts, policymakers that are responsible for creating, implementing, and overseeing this technology, we should expect that every model has its own, you know, call it a biography or a readme file. You know, organizations can standardize what elements need to be documented and at what level of detail that's sufficient for them, you know, whether it's to reproduce it or just to understand what they're using. And that could include things like descriptions or links to what training and validation data was used, explanations of the model architecture, you know, performance metrics, the input output specifications and assumptions. Secondly, it's, it's critical important that organizations put in place a centralized model repository and management system that incorporates things like version control capabilities for their models. Uh, that model management system, you know, it should also provide capabilities to audit and monitor the model's performance during inference and, and over time, including, and this is the most important thing, the ability to detect and alert when your model begins to drift from the expected performance so that you can have as an organization a conversation about whether or not that model needs to be retrained. And then lastly, I think organizations need to also manage risk around the adversarial threat. And that, you know, that could be the ability to detect if, if data has been poisoned during training or at inference and making models more robust against you know, white and black box type of attacks. And then you know, something that's coming up more and more these days is, is trying to prevent model IP, threat, IP theft of models. And then for scalability, you know, there's a new software market emerging for tools that address uh, the automated deployment and comprehensive monitoring, governance, and security of models. And this is being referred to as MLOps, like I said before, for the operationalization of machine learning models. And these tools, like Modsy, standardize the way your organization interacts with AI and provides that centralized AI management for deployment, model orchestration, production inference, and monitoring so that you can understand the performance of your AI and how it's being used across the, the enterprise. And this, this combination of, of mo model ops with data ops and DevOps tools and technologies really is going to allow your organization to scale the use of AI. And that means shorter time to value, faster iteration uh, to fielding new AI capabilities, and then also, most importantly, moving risk to the left. We're speaking with Josh Elliott. He's the head of operations at Modsy, and you slipped in that phrase there, model ops. And then yes. that is a deliberate borrowing from the DevOps and DevSecOps type of concept. So it sounds like what you're saying to kind of summarize is that a disciplined approach needs to be applied to these morphing types of edge algorithms, no less so than to any other type of software. That's correct. There's a lot of analogies to be made, uh, both, both with respect to the scientific field, but also uh, the software engineering field and data engineering fields. And you're seeing a convergence around this technology space really to 
amplify and accelerate the deployment of machine learning into production systems. And if you can get the processes automated down where you're easily able to deploy a model from a you know, Python script into an environment that you can manage and then govern and control who uses it, how they use it, how much they use it, I think you're going to start seeing that, you know, a lot of increased value and insight into how AI is being used across your organization. And I guess if you can show that you have those types of processes, that level of sophistication of deployment, then when results get challenged, it could be inspectors general, it could be lawmakers, it could be people who don't like the way the adjudication came out or whatever the case might be, then the agency is able to support that decision and show that it was done in a way that is supportable and does meet the standards that they set forth when they deployed the AI. No, you're absolutely right. You know, it's interesting, you know, when, when human beings make decisions, you know, we're able to rationalize those decisions through, you know, conversation and judgment and the information used to, to make that decision. But unfortunately, we're not there yet with models and machine learning. But that said, we do need to be able to go back and look under the hood and see who did what, like I said, when, why, and because of that kind of transparency and explainability and accountability are crucial to establishing trust and confidence for AI decisions, it's important that, that your tools and your capabilities that you're implementing provide those type of features. Now, we, are, we already discussed the importance of transparency and what that means, but with respect to explainability, fortunately, we're beginning to see some early stage AI explainability solutions in the market, like Lime and Shap and, and even Modsy. Although they're not a panacea, you know, for example, there are certain deep neural network architectures that you just can't parse or explain model predictions yet. And for others, however, there, you know, we can and we should, and there's certainly high stakes decision making that needs, needs this type of insight into the way and reasons a model made a certain prediction or recommendation. You know, at the end of the day, we can't fly blind. So accountability, I think, also goes back to governance, Tom. As the scale of AI and associated opportunities and, and risk really grows, AI governance is, is becoming everyone's responsibility. And you know, it takes a long view. Organizations need to be providing the guidelines that promote you know, explainable, transparent, and accountable models, as well as their positions on, on topics like ethical and bias and privacy. And when you have, and when your developers and your data scientists have this type of clarity, around the scope, the roles, and decision authorities, you're, you're going to see the best results from the machine learning and artificial intelligence models. And you'll also be able to quickly respond to changes. And when speaking of the governance for AI, what does the governance body look like? Who's on it? And what should a good governance setup look like? Unfortunately, I think, you know, most organizations have been taking a laissez-faire approach to AI governance these days. And it's probably both one of the causes and symptoms for why AI isn't getting out of the lab at a higher success rate. So, I mean, to your question about who needs to be sitting at the table, I, I think it really depends on a few variables. One, uh, the application of the machine learning AI algorithm. How is it going to be used in, in production? And then where does that AI use case fall on a risk matrix where you're measuring things like scale and magnitude of impact should something go wrong? You know, you could be measuring from a scale perspective, the number of people, whether that's inside or outside your organization. And impact could range from, you know, just a simple annoyance to something that's emotional or financial, or psychological, or even physical harm. These are all things that need to be considered. And then, you know, lastly, I think the, an important variable 
is, is your organizational values around things like equity, privacy, fairness, and bias. And you're starting to see a number of organizations document and publish their values. Even you know, at Modsy, we post our, our community guidelines on our website for our partners and our customers to understand you know, what we're doing with respect to this technology. So given those variables, I, I would expect to see executive leaders, technical owners, and maybe even you know, some of your technology partners at the governance table. And this could include representatives from your legal or general counsel team. Uh, insurance, surprisingly, is important. Uh, those, those folks that are responsible for your brand. Um, obviously, there's an IT and inf information security dimension, and that representation should be there. Um, most importantly, the business and mission owner needs to be there to provide context in terms of how the AI is going to be used. And then you also see uh, roles like the chief data scientist or an ethics officer also sitting there because I think those are also equally important dimensions of, of, of the discussion. But at the end of the day, you know, whichever stakeholders participate in this AI deployment decision, it's important to know that they've received the basic fundamental understanding of what AI and machine learning is. And, and equally important information that, that is presented to this body needs to be presented in a way that's understandable to them so that they make the right decisions. But in saying that top senior management, executive management, legal, insurance, and so on, compliance should be involved in all of this, that really implies that artificial intelligence and the deployment of it is a game changer and not something that you can just look at as routine, hey, we have a new software application running next week, Tuesday. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, we talked about how model ops can help accelerate the time to value. I think that part and parcel with, with some of the tools and capabilities, uh, the governance capabilities specifically, you know, this should allow and inform and, and support that, that level of conversation so that you can't quickly make those types of decisions about, you know, what gets moved into production what's going to cause a concern or a safety risk and may need to be evaluated a little bit more. You know, I, I think certainly those, those representatives can have that level of conversation if they have the right information. We're speaking with Josh Elliott, the head of operations at Modsy. And let's talk about the models a little bit more, the models marketplace approach that Modsy has developed. Yeah, first of all, I'm, I'm really excited about where the Modsy marketplace is today and how quickly it's growing. Um, we've got more than 100 different models from a variety of leading machine learning companies that have all gone through an extensive due diligence review process. So, you know, we at Mozzie are take that very seriously. We want to make sure that um, the, the models that our customers are getting have, have received the proper due diligence and review. We've also made it extremely easy to containerize and deploy those models to Mozzie through a specification that is becoming an adopted standard by these same companies. Plus, you know, we're, we're getting requests for people to join our marketplace on an average of two to three companies per week. So it's certainly a growing demand signal there. And, you know, again, we want to make sure that we're doing the due diligence to curate a marketplace of models that have been reviewed and, and we believe meet the, the demands and needs of, of our customers. I think, you know, the Monty marketplace also represents a significant opportunity for organizations looking to adopt machine learning and artificial intelligence. And if you think about the cost associated with insourcing, you know, high quality data science talent, you know, the preparing of the data and the time and infrastructure, resources required to design, train, evaluate, deploy, monitor, and most importantly, maintain the model. 
you know, subscribing to a pre-trained model for a fraction of the cost may make a lot of financial and business sense for organizations. So it's a, it's a way to leapfrog into the use of machine learning and artificial intelligence in your organization. And also, Modsy offers solutions to retrain models on your own customer's data while preserving you know, IP rights. And this could really get you to your target performance objectives a lot faster than building bespoke models in-house. So regarding the API approach, I, I think you know, we've, we've got a really robust and well-documented API that is generally you know, your coders and your clickers preferred approach. Um, not only does it enable reusability, but it also provides the extensibility to avoid being locked into an end-to-end -end solution and makes it easy to swap out and upgrade the technologies in your tech stack, as well as even your AI models in the future without you know, extensive system redesigns or, or implementation. So it's a huge time saver and the total cost of ownership makes sense. And finally, you must have some good examples of scaling successfully some of the AI algorithms into production environments. Maybe you can share a couple of them with us. Yeah, certainly. You know, we've, we've had a, a really amazing early access program. And unfortunately, I can't disclose some of the names of customers, especially those in, in defense and intel spaces. But, you know, we're working with some leaders in energy and utility space as well as leading teleco companies and Fortune 100 consulting companies and, and federal agencies. And some of the organizations that we're working with, you know, if you think about in our financial sector, uh, services sector, you know, they have a really mature machine learning capabilities set and have hundreds and maybe even thousands of models under their management. And they're really looking for a central pane of glass into their ML operations. And Monzi provides that. You know, we talked about reusability right? We, have, we provide a model repository and a marketplace of pre-trained models that data scientists and software engineers can go to first for model sharing and discovery purposes across your teams and departments. We've talked about security, the adversarial defenses and explainability uh, and, and governance controls that we have in place, the flexibility to be able to deploy this on-prem, on bare metal, you know, in a hybrid cloud or at the edge. And then the interoperability and extensibility provided through the API and the SDKs and the integrations that we have. Other examples, you know, because of the pandemic, for instance, we're talking to you know, both banks and, and construction companies. They're looking for ways to remotely monitor the status of their projects. And you know, they may locally source you know, drone operators to collect the data. Well, that data then can be processed via Monzi models. And for example, you know, they may want to understand what construction equipment or materials are on site. And we've got the ability to, not only through object detection and recognition capabilities, uh, understand and, and observe that, but also track the progress and track the, the, the flow of, of materials and goods on the sites as well. Some other use cases that I'll just quickly highlight, you know, the ability to automatically speech, uh, detect speech and recognize the language. Um, these are use cases that are coming more and more into play. Uh, you know, if you think about a situation where, where you are in a place or uh, a particular, uh, you know, analyst is in a place that doesn't speak the language and they need to understand what's being said, being able to string together models from the Mozzi marketplace using the API and, and the SDKs allow you to do, for instance, automatic speech recognition and then transcribe that audio to text and do uh, entity recognition and translation and then sentiment analysis. And you can start seeing how an entire workflow can be stitched together to provide an outcome or a prediction. 
also, you know, there, there are cases where, you know, you're in a part of the world and you're not necessarily sure where you are, you know, taking, taking cell phone image and processing it for location. You know, it gives you able to geolocate based on just one image, as well as detect the objects in the image and find things that are out of place. So, you know, if you're in the jungle and you see a sat phone, that might be something that, that might jump out at you as, as something to, to, to explore more. And then, you know, there are other uh, case studies that I'll share that, you know, focus around things like perimeter security, you know, wanting to know if there's a vehicle circling a building or a, a, uh, an installation, you know, we're able to watch feeds as they come in, identify those vehicles, and we'll be able to keep a memory of what vehicles we're, we're moving around for the last set of hours. So you can see there's a, a whole, whole set of use cases and, and, and areas where Mozzie algorithms are being used in the real world to, to really solve some important missions. Sounds like 2021 then will be the year of artificial intelligence. I think it's certainly a, a year of forward progress. And like I said, you know, there, there are some organizations that are more mature than others, but we're trying to make the adoption of AI easier for folks. And we really think that through tools like Modsy, you know, we can not only accelerate the deployment of AI, but also give them the, the governance, security, and explainability needed to, to be able to rationalize how AI is being used. All right, good note to end on. I want to thank today's guest, Josh Elliott, the head of operations at Modsy. I'm Tom Temin. 